Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's John Dickinson. And we welcome you in. Good Saturday morning to you. It is John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're with you as we are each and every Saturday here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors this week. Whitey, my friend, good to be with you as always. Lots to get into Mm. with the Warriors. Back to 500 again at 26 and 26. And 30 games to go, six before the All-Star break. And just as it's been all year long, this team just cannot build any positive momentum beyond a couple of games over 500 have to confess to you jd and to the smartest listeners in radio last week when we got together on warriors this week i was really feeling like you know what i think they're close maybe they're not turning the corner but the corner is right there then they won at okc my thought was if they win at minnesota I think you could almost declare the switch flipped. That was my feeling going into that game. And then, of course, they had a lead, and then they give that one back, and then they lose at Denver. Now, all of a sudden, as you say, we're back to 552 games in, and we're still trying to figure out, huh, what exactly is wrong here? Thought it was very telling that we had Steph this week say, I think it was after the Denver game, he said, I'm still mostly optimistic. It's like, that's a that's a very telling comment, but we know, we've talked about it, we'll talk about it more. The West is very jumbled. You've got the trade deadline coming up, so you do have opportunities. But at some point here, the Warriors have to figure out what the problem is. Yeah, and, and the problem continues to be too many stretches of, of bad offense in part in, in some of these games where they have leads and then a whole lot of bad defense. I think even beyond the, the, the poor offense and Steve Kerr going to the lineup change, which we discussed a lot last week on the show, starting small with Jordan Poole in for Kavon Looney, but Andrew Wiggins has been in and out and it's all been a little bit jumbled up. I think, I think Coach Kerr went to that lineup to try and get the offense rolling to try and put pressure on the opponent to have to keep up with the Warriors and it just has not worked and you start to look at some of the the different you know lineup machinations it's it's worked in getting them leads but it hasn't fixed their down the stretch problem because if you look at at this week what makes this past week bad from potentially being a good week well it's the Minnesota game right I mean yep. everybody would agree the Denver game second of a back to back surprised that Steph played at least I was in that game, considering that the Warriors protocol as far as rest over everything for the most part for the veteran players. But it's the Minnesota game. If you win the Minnesota game, 
Who cares about the Denver game at that point? Because you were probably not going to win that game anyway. We'd be talking about a two and one week. You're right. This team had won five of seven. It'd be six of, of nine. Uh, and there would be some semblance of they're starting to figure it out. And some of the buttons that Steve Kerr has pushed are starting to work. But like we've seen so many different times, Whitey, it's the 14 point lead in the fourth quarter with the game seemingly in hand. And then all of a sudden it's turnovers, it's bad defense, it's some real quick bad shots that that turn into misses. And the Warriors just find themselves swallowed up in these games that we are just not used to over the last five, six, seven years. The Warriors losing, they've got I don't know, six, seven, eight, ten games that they've dropped this season that feel almost exactly like that Minnesota game, and it's it's the reason that they are right where they are at 500 and, and in that play in tournament glut. And the thing about those losses that you just described that's really alarming is that so many of them, including the Minnesota game, were due largely to the fact that your core veterans with the championship pedigree and championship culture, they're the ones that often have failed to execute down the stretch. That shouldn't happen. You know, young players, the Warriors are still trying to work in some young players. They're going to make mistakes. And you know that not every shot is going to go in. That's just basketball, especially when you rely a lot on the three-point shots. But some of the turnovers, I mean, when you had Steph and Draymond on the sideline, trying to work a simple dribble handoff, and they couldn't work that out. And when you had Steph throwing the ball to Draymond and Draymond didn't know it was coming, it's like, wow, that thing should, that should not be happening with these veterans on this team. And speaking of Draymond, just to get this off my chest, because hopefully this is nothing. We know that Draymond right now is out with a calf strain, right? Okay, I know Steve Kerr was talking to Damon and Ratto yesterday. He said, I don't think it's anything. Hopefully it's not, but as you remember, J.D., and I know you remember all these things better than than most of us, last year the game where Clay came back, uh, Draymond was in that game, and then he left after just a few seconds because he had a calf tightness, calf strain that turned out to be related to his back. So I'm um, just fingers crossed it has nothing to do with that because, as we know, last year Draymond ended up missing two months. Right, and the Warriors are at a point, and I talked about this on the postgame show after the Denver game, it, it feels, again, like the Warriors earlier in the year where they they weren't winning enough when they did have all their key players and when they did build leads, and you knew at some point that the injuries were going to come and the Warriors didn't have enough of a cushion built up at that point to be able to withstand it even a little bit. And then Wiggins goes out and Steph goes out, and all of a sudden they're three games under five hundred, and they're trying to push themselves back even to to the 500 mark and and it does feel a little bit fragile at this point with you know guys getting a little bit banged up and and we'll see what the situation is for Draymond and and looking at the the injury report for tonight there's a lot of games on the NBA schedule tonight the Warriors and the Mavs among them the ABC Saturday night showcase game and Draymond just to keep everybody updated questionable with the right calf tightness for tonight Clay Thompson is listed as questionable with non-COVID illness. So I know there's been some some illness kind of going around the team. Uh, Clay obviously didn't play second of the back-to-back. Uh, and Steph Curry probable uh, left lower leg contusion. Remember, he he got hit, what, on that three-point shot mm-hmm. I think the other night where he took a, took a spill where uh, he was fouled on the three-point shot. And so I, I you know, keep an eye on that. No Luka Doncic. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of those Saturday showcase games that isn't quite yeah. going to feel the same because Doncic is out. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is questionable. 
Christian Wood is also out for Dallas. So some of the star power for this Saturday night showcase game not going to be there. But regardless of all of that, the Warriors need a win. And you're right to bring it back to Draymond. They can't afford any of the regulars being down for any lengthy period of time here with only 30 games to go in the season. One of the things that's concerning as well is the fact that we saw it on this road trip. To my eye, J.D., be interested to know what you and, and listeners think. Teams are playing against the Warriors with much more confidence than we're used to seeing in recent years. Teams get down against the Warriors now, and they know that they don't defend like they used to. <laughs> we're still in this thing. Denver especially. Of course, Denver's an excellent team. They play with so much confidence in that game. They know they have the Warriors on the second of a back-to-back. Teams are playing uh, the Warriors with more confidence than they used to. All that said, you look at the standings, and despite all the problems the Warriors have had, they're 26-26, and 26, so they're tied for eighth right now, right? But they're, they're a game and a half out of fourth, but they're also a game and a half out of, uh, what is it, 12th, 13th it would be, 13th, 12th, yeah, 12th, because the Lakers 11 and a half back. So it's still hanging in the balance, and that's a positive overall, the fact that despite all your problems and struggles, you're still right there with a reasonable chance. With just a moderate run here, you can stick yourself right back up into a much more favorable position in the standings. But the Warriors have been unable to get yeah, on that run. I know. They, they haven't been any better than two games over 500 at any point this season. And you're right. They are currently tied for eighth in the West at, at 26 and 26. But Utah is a 500 team right now, as well as Portland. So it's basically eight, nine, and 10. You're, mm-hmm. you're tied for eighth, but you're also really in 10th in as well because you know one, one game slip here or, or there and you're only a half game out of being 11th and on the outside looking yeah. in and, and the trade deadline looming with the Lakers among the teams on the on the outside looking in. And I, I just feel like th- this Warriors team needs an infusion of something. And, and I know, you know there aren't really a lot of viable assets to trade uh, for, for someone big. I don't – the value – as far as trade value among the Warriors' young players, I think has has cratered. When you look at, you know, Jonathan Kaminga is somebody that's a keeper at this point, so you sort of separate him. But James Wiseman and Moses Moody, uh, to me, have no trade value right now unless you're willing to take a, a back into the rotation bench player back for, for one or both of them. And so I, I find myself thinking the Warriors do need an infusion of something, wing defense and the ability to, to, to maybe have one more player knock down the three ball on the offensive side, just an intelligent, high IQ player. I, I, I think almost like at the baseball trade deadline when a team is floundering a little bit, and I think the Warriors suddenly are floundering now mm-hmm. when you look at this one and two trip and the way that it's looked and some of the comments coming out post game, especially after the Minnesota game, the dejection that the Warriors are trying to flip the switch and just can't, even when it looks like it's, oh, they're back. And then an eight, ten minute stretch in any one of these number of games wipes it completely out. I, I just feel like the Warriors need something. They, they need they need something to to show that that you know the organization still still believes in them. Yeah. That they believe that this team is is capable of making a run. But I think they need one more rotation player if if they can get that player. I think it's going to be. Really difficult to get that player, though, considering the fact that there's so many other teams that are also in the mix for a lot of the players that are going to be available. And, you know, I know Moody and Wiseman played some against Denver, 
but I just don't see the, the, the trade value being that to where you could even get something accomplished at this point for somebody that you'd want to have in your in your rotation here down the stretch or for the playoffs. To me, J.D., one of the players that fits the description you gave, and I'm with you, a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. But there are other teams that want him, and when you look at what other teams have available to offer, the Warriors are really in a tough position when it comes to acquiring someone of value to the, to the point you just made in terms of draft picks, young talent. It's really going to be – and the salary situation, it's going to be very tough for them to acquire somebody who can really help. But we'll see what they do. If anybody can do it, uh, Bob Myers, maybe you end up with a marginal move like you bring in Matisse Teibel. But there's even other teams that want him. Uh, and, again, it's going to be tough for the Warriors uh, to match some of those offers, especially given the fact that prices on some of these guys are so high since last uh, offseason when the Jazz got all those picks for guys like Mitchell and Gobert. It seems to have affected the price tag for every player who's available. So it's going to be a challenge for the Warriors, but I'm with you. I've been saying that for months. If they want to win a championship, I think it's really important for them to at least make every effort to acquire somebody who can help the rest of this year. And, and we've discussed the rotation and – how it shapes out if everybody's healthy and 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 look it does start with the core players have to be better I mean Steph was bad at the end of the Minnesota game couldn't hit a shot was taking a lot of bad shots you ran down a couple of wasn't it a little odd to see him play that way it it was but I think that's one of the more concerning aspects of of this week and I think the Minnesota game specifically Whitey is is that I think he looked tired, and I think the Warriors looked tired, and they and they looked like a team that, and, and you know, it's been, we've gone back and forth. Is it indifference? Is it championship hangover? Or and, and I think some of the time it has been that. I don't think that's what it has been this week, and I think we even saw it in the Oklahoma City game. The the Warriors had the the. Minnesota game and the Oklahoma City game in in similar positions both teams made their runs but the Warriors are just incapable of reestablishing control once a team gets a run on them down the stretch in a game even with a double digit lead I think fatigue is part of it but it's just to me it's more you're looking at the Warriors reaching for something that they don't have and I think that that is the concerning part big picture coming off of a game like Minnesota you can say oh well you know Steph didn't have this he took some bad shots it's uncharacteristic but to me he played like a fatigued player that didn't have the energy to continue to attack so he just cast it off from three I thought I thought Clay Thompson did that I, I thought the Warriors took some lazy shots I know Steve Kerr mentioned them as as shot turnovers I think a lot of them were and that's mm-hmm. you know when they when a couple of them go in it's all good, and you probably end up winning that game by five or six points. But you know, if if a couple of them aren't going in, you need to figure out a way to to get the job done in another in another manner. And it just seemed like the Warriors didn't have that energy. And so I know we've already had a texter on the Xfinity Mobile text line, and the phone lines are open at eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Uh, you know, seven oh seven JD and Whitey. I think it's obvious the Warriors just don't care yet. I, I completely disagree with that. I, I think there have been a lot of games, and the Minnesota game is one specifically where they absolutely cared and didn't have enough, weren't good enough, looked old mm-hmm. down the stretch. And I think that's the part that gives me more concern over the last thirty games and for a playoff run is that. Maybe this team, you know, I'll ask you this way. At some point, do you have to be concerned that the Warriors 
are not going to finish games in the playoffs this season the way that they haven't finished games in the in the regular season this season because like just because it's the playoffs does that automatically mean they're going to start finishing all of these games because the champions blood comes because they they're the same players right now that aren't getting it done in this in similar situations well steve kerr had something very interesting to say about that he said after one of the games maybe it was on on 95 7 the game he said i think it was with damon Rado. steve kerr said that this team is not good enough to win without executing well. He said, in the past, we were. In the past, we could get away without executing well. We were good enough. He said, this team right now, we're not good enough to win if we don't execute down the stretch. So it's clearly sending a message. And these veterans know that, and yet they continue to make the same mistakes. It was also interesting as we talk about the frustrations the Warriors have and the inability they've had to get any momentum going after they beat Oklahoma City, Anthony Slater asked Draymond, like, hey, is this it now? You, now you got something going? And Draymond said, eh, we'll see. And, and he wasn't being sarcastic or anything. He was just, you know, they're just not sure yet. They're just not feeling they're, they're, they got it going in the right direction well enough yet. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. We're with you until 1 o'clock. we got a full day of Warriors coverage here as the Warriors and the Mavs go at it. Saturday night showcase game. We'll have it for you, of course, right here on 95.7 The Game. Let's get to some calls here. Let's get to Michael uh, in Berkeley uh, up here on 95.7 The Game, getting us tipped off here in segment number one. What's going on, Michael? Hey, Michael. How's it going, J.D. and, and Whitey? Um, I'd say one thing that I think we or the Warriors do need to address is, you know, the play of uh, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. You know, we talk about the veterans and Clay, Draymond, and Steph, but, you know, I don't hear anybody talking about, you know, these guys that have, you know, recently got paid, um, you know, that they need to step up. You know, they're being played, they're being paid like, you know, you know not all-stars, but they, they are being paid well, and their performance needs to improve. No doubt, and and Wiggins is just you know, with all of the injuries and the illness, and thanks for the call, Michael. Wiggins has just not had a good season since December, really two months ago, the early part of December, where he went out with the adductor strain and then was kept out from the illness. He he's not been able to get on track at this point, and you know Jordan Poole. I mean, we've talked about Jordan Poole a ton on this station yeah. and on this show. And just how disappointing he's been at really, times, uh, at times, at, at times. And, and yeah, and I think that's key to point out. And I was going down that same road at, at times. He's really hurt the Warriors in games. There's been other games where he's really helped them win games and you know, help them when Steph was out win games and help them in these games where Clay has been out in the second of back to backs win games. It's been more the problem with Poole when the Warriors have had everybody else. I think that that's as you start to kind of parse through it's it's when the Warriors have Steph and Clay and even Wiggins and Draymond those have been the games where Poole has been more of a problem than the games where he's been asked to carry more of the load and I think some of the the lineup breakdowns would 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 show you that when he's played in Steph's place it's actually been okay when he's played in Clay's 
place. It's actually been the second best lineup the Warriors have, other than that starting lineup with Looney in there and the and the championship core guys with with Wiggins. So uh, yeah, Pools had a, a strange year. It's been an up and down year, but but I, I would not say by any stretch that that nobody's assessed any blame at the way Jordan Pools played at times. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It's an interesting uh, comments. I, I yeah, Wiggins we know has has just been hurt. He wasn't playing great before he got hurt. He hasn't brought that same level of intensity, certainly, that we saw last year in the playoffs. And maybe that's just a veteran thing. He knows it's not the playoff time yet. Poole is really important to the Warriors because it's something that I, I think we tend to overlook. Love your thoughts on this, J.D. Uh, if you look at the points per game, I think the Warriors are second. And we know the Warriors, Splash Brothers, I think fans, we assume, all oh, the Warriors offensively, they're fine. They're actually, in terms of their offensive rating, they're mid-pack. And even last year, their offense wasn't what it used to be. So, yeah, they're scoring a lot of points per game, but that's because they're taking a lot of shots. Their pace is very high. In terms of their effectiveness per possession, they're pretty much mid-pack. So Jordan Poole right now, he's still inconsistent, and sometimes he turns the ball over too much and takes bad shots. But we know that when he's playing well, he definitely helps you offensively. And that is something they need right now because even though we're focused so much on the defensive end, the Warriors are not what they once were offensively either. No, they aren't. And and I go back to, I think it was a, a week ago last night in the pregame press conference, and Steve Kerr was asked at that point with the Warriors 500, as they still are, you know, how do you how do you explain it? And and I think at that point, Coach Kerr said, "Well, we're 14th in offense and we're 16th in mm-hmm. defense, mm-hmm. and there's 30 teams in the league, and yeah. 15's right in the middle, and you average them out, and we're right in the middle with, with with a lot of other teams." And 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 I do think that the Warriors went to that small lineup with Poole in there and Looney off the bench, in part to make Looney the backup center, which I think helps stretch out their bigs in a different way. But I also think they did it to ignite the offense, to make Poole comfortable. And and I think it's been well documented how those lineups defensively have not done well and have not done well in particular down the stretch in games when they've when Poole's been on the floor with the other with Clay and with and with Steph. But I think big picture that's viewed as a regular season lineup that you should be able to have success with and at least be able to outscore teams to a point where you can win them, you know, win games down the stretch. And and that really hasn't quite worked. It's led to some some big quarters, but the consistency hasn't necessarily been there. And the Warriors' inability to finish has wiped away what I think was was actually a good idea, even though a lot of people have really been you know, wringing their hands a- about that lineup because the Warriors haven't been winning games. I just want to say this, J.D., I commend you. I commend all the listeners. Um, we're 23 minutes in here, and here we are talking about a deadline, a trade deadline. No one has mentioned, are the Warriors going to get Kevin Durant yet? So uh, that's probably going to come up at some point, you know, Kyrie and everything going on there. So I just want to commend everyone, Craig. I want to commend Craig that way that hasn't come up yet. So we're better than that. I'm sure it will come up at some point. We'll deal with it. Um, but uh, I just appreciate the fact that we haven't wandered down that, that road yet, JD. Well, I, I thought it was funny. Some of the reporting and what Shams was the first one, but everybody followed with respect to Kyrie Irving and, and they, couldn't get a contract extension done and I texted our buddy Nick Friedel who covers the Nets I said as the news breaks I said Nick everything was going so well and and he he responds with it was only a matter of time like anything anything possible in any moment and Kyrie 
just does not, uh, you know, he wants out after they could not come to an agreement. I did find the reporting following the initial reporting that Kyrie's requested a trade to be, yeah, that's cute. There's three or four teams that might want Kyrie, but the rest of the league is wondering <laughs> what Kevin Durant's reaction to Kyrie Irving is and if he wants out because teams want that guy. Yeah. If they yeah. can get their hands on him. We, know, uh, yeah. we the, do know who you are. Yeah. yeah the, the thought crossed my mind, Whitey, about Durant. But here's where things have changed over the last three months, over the last five months. I don't think the Warriors have a package to put together that can get Kevin Durant. And I think in the offseason you could have made that claim that, you know, maybe Kaminga and Wiseman and Wiggins and you know or Poole, you could have come up with a combat. But I don't think any of the young players have enough value and any of the more veteran players, Poole or Wiggins, are playing well enough to where they could even sniff an offer for Kevin Durant with what they've got. And even if they were, Wiggins, I don't believe you can. You, by rule, cannot trade him. Poole, I think you could trade, but it's really, it's almost impossible with the salary. So that's even if you did want to. To me, I don't know, J.D., to me, I think Kyrie is just, uh, you know, he's trying to show the Nets I'm really unhappy and things are going well. You better give me that extension And I think the Nets are going to sit there and go like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, we'll see, uh, you know, who wants you. The Nets know that they've got a motivated Kyrie the rest of this year. That's a pretty good position to be in, and they're probably happy to be rid of him when this season is over. Kyrie now has something to prove because as he found out when he wanted to trade over the summer, and you just made the point, nobody wants you. So if you're going to be a free agent in the summer, you better play really well, as he has this year, you better play really well down the stretch to show teams that you're worth an investment. And if I'm the Nets, I'm feeling fairly comfortable with that for the rest of this season. That's the best I'm going to get out of him. Well, and that being said, he's out tonight. Sometimes they say personal reasons, Whitey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rule Kyrie Irving out tonight with, uh, for obvious reasons. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. If he's going to play hardball, so, that yeah. just changed the equation. And, yeah. and, and again, I'm going to say what I always say with Kyrie. I do think rooted in everything that he does – including this trade demand seemingly out of nowhere with things you know, kind of going well in Brooklyn, there is a hint of I don't want to play attached to it. And, and so here he you know, leaks this, and all of a sudden he gets a, a night off and mm-hmm. maybe a couple of nights off. And, and so I, I do think there is a I don't love the game, I want full freight in terms of pay, but you know, PTO, as my guy Guru likes to say, and on top of it, the paid time off. And so I, I think there is a there is a component to that with Kyrie that 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 is frustrating for me as as talented a basketball player as he is. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Nick in San Jose will get to you coming back on the other side. Do the Warriors need an infusion at the trade deadline? Is there anything they can do? Are we overreacting to this team continuing to be 500 in a glut of mediocrity in the Western Conference? We're with you until 1 o'clock right here at Warriors This Week. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 95.7 The Game. It all, to me, centers around pool. But it's not just over the next few days with the trade deadline. It's what happens in the summer. Because when you sign that deal, you thought, okay, he is going to be one of these next faces as the Warriors work through whatever's going to happen with Clay and Draymond and Steph. If you are serious about winning a title this year, I would think that he gives you the potential of, of getting somebody serious in return. And even more this summer, if nothing happens in the short term, are you committed moving forward to him being one of those guys, given what you've seen so far to start this year? Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Old buddy Nick Friedel joining Damon and Ratto yesterday. We welcome you back in here to Warriors this week on a Saturday. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason talking some trade deadline was Nick and everything going on surrounding Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, the team that Heat now covers for ESPN. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. Why do you mention this in the opening segment? As much as you may be able to to trade Jordan Poole or, or think you can trade Jordan Poole as far as a young, talented player that the teams may have interest in, it is difficult to trade him now. You, you really cannot trade him now because he's still only a a $4 million player as far as what's going out, but then the team that yeah. takes him on has to accept the the $30 million average, which begins next year, be able to fit that into the, into their cap. So it, it, it really, he's it's in a lot of ways impossible. untradeable yeah. until the offseason. Yeah, you could do it if somebody's willing to like, oh, you know, swallow hard, but I don't think it's just not worth anybody's while to go there. So he essentially is untradeable, and Wiggins is, I believe, J.D., literally untradeable because of the contract he just re-signed. So as we talk about Warrior moves, that, that's important to keep in mind. And, and I'm not sure that you want to break up the core right now anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's... I mean, I still think you, you look at, and, and I know they don't play a lot of minutes together overall, but I think, you know, Steph, Clay, Clay came on, uh, played as well as he's played since his return in, in January, had a rough game in, in Minnesota on Thursday night to be, or on Wednesday night to begin February. But but I think you're you're comfortable in the playoffs as mediocre and average as this team has been overall. I think you're still comfortable in the playoffs with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, Poole, uh, it, because of what they were able to do last year. Now in the off season, if you know you do the autopsy on this thing and you wind up in the playing tournament or you wind up a first round and out or however it, it shakes out, then I think you have to look at dramatic changes at that point. But I, I still think this team likes the core enough. It's just the fact that they're the core needs a little bit more. You know, Bob Myers was on with, with Steiny and guru and he talked about margin for error this week 
on the executive show. This team just does not have as much margin for error. One of the things that he looks at at the trade deadline is how do you create more margin for error? I think that's what the the champion core players need. They need a little more margin for error to where in the past they'd play a great quarter, quarter and a half, and that would be enough to win a game because the rest of the roster could do just enough to where when the when the big guys got it back late, they could hang on to it. That's a miss right now. The, the, the core players are not quite as good. The, the bench players, they're not getting enough from consistently, and it's just making them vulnerable down the stretch in games, and they haven't been able to, to save it for a number of different reasons. You know, everybody screams big move. I don't know that there's a big move to be made, but I do feel the Warriors do need to do something, Whitey. Yeah, before we get back to the phones, I know we have Nick, Hill, and Scott ready to go, and at least one of those callers is going to tell us to calm down. But before we get to that, speaking of the offense again, I mentioned this last week, J.D. I was watching uh, NBA TV, and Isaiah Thomas was talking about the Warriors. It was halftime on one of the games. And Isaiah, what are you looking for? And he says, oh, you know the Warriors. Third quarter, look out. And I was kind of chuckling, saying, you know, that's not really true anymore. Last two games, the Warriors in the third quarter. So this is against Minnesota and against Denver. They've scored 22 points in each of their last two third quarters. In fact, in that Minnesota game, the Warriors scored 37 in the second quarter and only 39 in the second half. So again, we're so focused on what's gone wrong defensively. This Warrior team right now and we say this not to say they're doomed, but to say, you know, try to identify what's wrong. They're not offensively. They're just a shadow of what they've been in the past right now. All right, let's get back to the phones. Uh, as promised, 888-957-9570. Nick in San Jose is up first this segment here on Warriors This Week. What's going on, Nick? Hey, guys. I want to start with the positive and three direct questions that I know you guys will answer. One, I'm thankful that you guys do this on Saturdays and J.D., you're encyclopedia, uh, uh, just be able to recall things is incredible. I love Kevon Looney and how he embraces his role. Dante DiVincenzo has been such a positive to watch, the Villanova pedigree, and that we're lucky to even be still in the mix for a, a top-four seed with the mediocrity of the West. So here's the three specific questions. As a high school coach myself, you know, why is Jordan Poole have no desire to play defense? You know, Curry was a liability defensively, but he got better every year. I see none of that with Poole. He is maddening to watch. He's beautiful in one moment and bonehead in the next. Why isn't the coaching staff getting him to play defense? Two, before this year, I thought Iguodala was a Hall of Fame player. It is disgusting, his lack of professionalism this year. Playing, what, two or three games and then sitting again? We need him now. How is the coaching staff letting him to get away with this? And then three question, please answer Whitey and JD. A Draymond mentioned went recently by punching Pooley lost the equity to vocally lead defensively. Well, he needs to lead defensively now, or we are done. We don't have a prayer. Even if somehow we hit an inside straight, we will get destroyed by Milwaukee specifically, and no way are we beating Boston. Please answer those three questions. Pool, the lack of professionalism, Iguodala. And why won't Draymond lead vocally again, please? Thanks, Coach. Thanks, thanks for the call. We'll yeah. get to it uh, just very quickly. As far as – I'm going to take Iguodala first because I think it's the simple answer. Iguodala's not playing because Iguodala can't play. He physically cannot play. And I've, I've gone down the road with Iguodala you know, last year, and, and I think 
I, I was kind of wrong last year. Like, I kind of laughed when they signed him in the offseason. He helped them the first 20 games get off to the 18-2 and two start, but he really couldn't play much beyond the first, let's say, 30 to, to 35 games. He, he played so much then that he really gave them nothing in the second half. I think they, they love his leadership. And, again, I'm just saying that they love his interaction with the, with, with the veteran players. But, yeah, on the court, he's not bringing anything to the table. Like, that's just that's just flat-out true. I think Draymond's trying to lead. I, I just I kind of put Draymond in the category, Whitey, of he's reaching for something at times that just isn't there. Kind of like Steph with his offensive game down the stretch in some of these games is reaching for something that, that, that isn't there. Uh, but I also think Draymond is trying to read the room a little bit and – I think he understands that he's got one shot. Like he's got there's one time stretch period where he can sort of take the reins and be the old Draymond between whenever that moment is and the end of the season. And I think he's trying to make sure that he waits as long as he possibly can to do it because I think he knows if he does it too early it may it may just wear on on the team if there's too much of the season left so I think he's kind of being calculated about it that's just one theory and as far as Jordan Poole's defense uh, it's been up and down mostly down but I still think he's such a young player that that he's trying to to come into his own and and grapple with his sometimes sixth man sometimes starter role and it's just it's a box that does need to be checked but it's just there's so many other pressing issues for him and for this team that it's just it's just not it's just not a priority right now. One of the things I've noticed, JD, watching basketball for a long, long time, is that sometimes when someone is not capable physically of keeping up with an opponent or the other team, it looks like they're not trying. Well, you see bad teams sometimes. Why aren't they? They're not trying. Sometimes they're just physically overmatched. That may be happening with Poole. I know what Nick's saying. Poole, he seems to be quick when he has the ball, but when he's guarding someone, he doesn't seem to have the lateral quickness. And we've talked about this a lot. In in by NBA standards, he's still not especially strong. Obviously, if he were to walk in here and you know arm wrestle any of us, good night. But in NBA terms, he's still not. He still needs to get stronger. So is it a matter of he just physically doesn't have the tools to play defense against? You know, you can imagine some of these guys he's guarding how hard it is. Or is it a, a, about he needs to imply himself more? I think it's a combination, but I think the fact that physically it's a challenge for him, I think that's a big part of it. With Draymond, what do you guys think of this? Draymond, to me, and a guy leading the defense, it's almost like a fireman back there. And he's shouting instructions, but everybody, put out this fire, put out this fire. And right now, Draymond, he's still doing that, but, you know, his ladder doesn't quite go as high as it used to because he's been around uh, for a long time. Also, right now with this team, you got too many fires for him to put out, no matter how much he's yelling, we need water over here, because you got your undersized still, yeah. and you're getting beaten like a drum on the perimeter. You know, the best rim protection is guys that are able to keep the ball out of the paint. So by the time you're getting, like, pool's getting beaten, like you're already, there's, it doesn't matter what Draymond does once you get that penetration. So I think right now he's not the player he was. He's still a very good defensive player. But right now, as a team, there's only so much he can do because they're getting beaten all over the place defensively. They, they are. I think that's a, a great analogy and, and a terrific way of, of explaining it and, and looking at it. They're just, they're just leaky all over the place. And you know, Draymond, admittedly, over the years, Whitey, has been somebody that – he knows when a team has got it. Like he knows when it's worth it 
to try and save it. And I think he knows when sometimes it's not worth it yeah. to try and save it yeah. based on a, a given night or, or, or the personnel that's on the floor. Let's go to Hill in San Francisco next here on Warriors This Week. What's up, Hill? Uh, good morning, J.D. and Y. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you guys about the Warriors. I mean, the starter's not doing well and the bench is not doing well, but in a way, I, I kind of um, trying to look towards Steve Kerr not being creative enough with the uh, with the lineups. I mean, he only has these like one or two lineup changes where he puts Jordan Poole as a starter or 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 Kaminga as a starter over Looney, and I'm like. Can you be a little bit more innovative? With couldn't you start DiVincenzo or, or Lamb or help Draymond Green with somebody who's got some defense and some offense? You know, Looney doesn't have any offense. Could you put him uh, let Draymond have a chemistry with Jamal Michael Green? Or or sometimes when you look at the lineup, Clay Thompson and Wiggins aren't very good ball handlers and assist guys. Sometimes can you mix it up when Clay sits out? He, DiVincenzo starts or Anthony Lamb starts over Wiggins sometimes when he's not playing. It, it, that's what I'm, I'm thinking that they need to. Uh, Steve Kerr needs to step up his game and and find a new lineup to inspire the the the, the team. Thanks, Hill. Well, he tried to do it. He tried to do it, and, and really, if you look at you know, what are the options, if, if you're going to take right. Kevon Looney out right. of the starting lineup, that's the, only, that's the only spot in which you would make a change. You're not taking Steph or Clay or Draymond or Wiggins out if they're healthy. So Looney's the one spot, and if you decide you're going to have Looney not be a starter, then you have a couple of options. You have Jordan Poole, the obvious option, which Steve Kerr's gone to. And I know a lot of people didn't like that. I, I like that move because I think it, 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 to me, it's a regular season move that should ignite your offense. And I think we watch a lot of hoop, Whitey, on a night in, night out basis. You know, the Warriors should be able to win more games than they have been able to just with their offense. I mean, there are other teams that, that are, and, you know, Sacramento comes to mind. And yes, they're a younger team, but they, they don't play any defense. None. But their offense has been so good that they've been able to win a few more games than the Warriors have been and, and separate themselves from the pack. And I think the Warriors with that lineup, you know, why, they need to be able to win 125 to 120 a little bit more than they have. And, and what's flipped it is the fact that they haven't played well down the stretch in the regular season. In the, in the playoffs, that's not going to work. Obviously, that'll get you beat. The Warriors have to go a different way at that point, and I think the Warriors know that, obviously, because they've, they've had championship runs. They know the playoffs are, are very much different. But I, I like that move. As far as other moves, I mean, really, we're only talking about Kaminga or DiVincenzo, and Kaminga's been in there from, from time to time when, when others have been out. I, it, it boils down to, for me, Whitey, the regulars just have to play better, and this team has to figure out how to finish games. And a lot of times the reason they're not finishing games is bad shots, turnovers, horrible defense. In any order, I think the defense has typically been the biggest issue in, in a lot of these games down the stretch. I'm going to borrow, and you're going to love this, J.D., a Gabe Kapler term. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I know. I, I apologize. 
Gabe Kapler likes to talk well, the about The Warriors it. are screwed now. <laughs> then no, 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 If you're borrowing stuff no, from no. Gabe Kapler, we might as well end the show. Hey, manager of the year a couple of years ago. Um, he talks about his relievers in terms of buckets, right? You got a long length bucket. Oh. and a guy, Yeah, so if you look at the Warriors. I just vomited in my mouth <laughs> a little bit, Whitey. <laughs> if you look at the Warrior roster that way and look at Steve Kerr, what his options are, you know, in that guard bucket, he's got a lot of guys in there. A lot of guys in there. I got DiVincenzo in there. I got Poole. DiVincenzo's played well. I got Steph Freak and Curry. And I know he said that he thinks of Clay more as a three, but a lot of guards. But I go to my front court bucket. Is there anybody in here I can get some offense from? Well, Draymond, that's not his thing. Looney, that's not his thing. Wiggins this year, uh, he's not really supplying it. Kaminga's supplying a little bit. So I think that's part of the problem. The offense is not functioning the way you'd like, and you're not getting a lot of offense from your front court right now. And I think that's why it looks like, hey, Steve Kerr, well, how come he's not more creative? His options, and you made the point much more concisely than I did, you look at the offense he can get from the front court, and his options are really limited right now. They are, and 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 with Wiggins going three of fourteen and starting two of twelve, yeah. as he did in in Denver, and I mean he just has not played well uh, offensively, and and the Warriors, I think that's the the Andrew Wiggins was an All Star last year, yeah, like it, like and and he for whatever reason I think that the health concerns have been part of it. Typically, he's been an Iron Man. But a big part of the reason, yes, Steph and Clay coming back and Draymond and Poole when, when Poole had started, Andrew Wiggins was awesome last year, and they haven't gotten nearly that, that same production from him. Can he capture that in these last 30 games at some point and build some momentum? I think that goes a long way toward allowing for all of these lineups to, to gel in their own way and for the Warriors have, to have a better chance at being more consistent. Yeah, I'm just glad you're still talking to me after I brought Gabe Kapler into the conversation. So, thank you. You're very, very I apologize. Uh, you're, you're being I wasn't very... ready for that. I'll be honest. I wasn't ready for that. I know baseball spring training's what about two weeks away. Yeah, and and baseball. I'm getting you ready. Coming, but I just, yeah, I'm just getting you ready for it. I, I, I can only handle so much Kapler that I, I think I push it out to April in, in my, in my mind. Uh, Scott in Berkeley, eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. What's going on, Scott? Morning, JD. Morning, Whitey. How hey, you Scott. doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm hanging in there. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I I mentioned this with Steiny and Guru yesterday. I'm tr- I just don't have any panic about this because I don't see. You know, obviously in the West, I don't see anybody's having separated from, you know, the top three, and then you have four through ten, you know, which is a mess. And I keep I keep having to remind people of this. Every 27 to 28 years in this league, somebody wins a title with someplace between 45 to 49 wins. I don't, you know, I mean, the obvious question at this point is, can this team get into that window? Because the other thing about the the other thing we have to remember about the Warriors, they've had twenty eight straight series where they've won at least one road game in the playoffs. That's you know you almost have to count on the idea that they're going to get one somehow in spite of all of these problems. You know, championship experience, all nine yards, and and win all your home games, Scott, you know, and win all your home games if you do that too. But go ahead, I'll let you continue. Right, right. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I real, I realize that, but I just, I just, you know, I mean, thirty six hours ago, we would have considered the Nets a contender. 
We can't do that now, right? Mm. No, correct. Okay. So we're, I think we're just dealing with a wide, a relatively wide open window. And to be honest, you know, because I, I was thinking about it this morning, it's like 20 years ago, if you're doing this show, we're probably talking about who the Warriors were going to get in the lottery. You know, we're kind of True. dealing with a first world problem. And it's like, this is, you know, I mean, we could talk about the fun of dealing with this as, you know, in this situation. But, you know, I'm kind of like more appreciative of the idea that we are dealing with it at this time as opposed to what was going on in 2003. Hmm. Thanks, of, Scott. Of course. Yeah. And, and I think that perspective is, is always welcome. I, I want to go back to what Scott said about you know, a team winning with 45 to, to 49 wins. I, I think that – I don't know that a team can win the title in that range, but I do think a team in the Western Conference can get to the finals in that range. And, and so I, you know, it, it's not, but the second part of that Whitey is, can the Warriors get to that range? Because 45 wins is eight games over 500. So, I mean, do the math on it. The Warriors have 30 games left. They, they'd have to go 19 and 11 to get to 45 wins. That's the point, right? To even get to 45 wins, the Warriors would have to play a lot better than they're playing now and hence the concern, taking our cues from the players and the coaches. I disagree with Scott. I understand his point, and I will say this. I think this supports his argument. But again, I don't agree with him, but as he was talking there, I was looking at this, and I think this supports his argument as to how wide open it is in the West, so it's anybody's game. You probably know this, J.D. Do you know that as we speak, we know that the Warriors' road record is uh, abysmal right now at 7-20, and but do you know in the West there's only one team in the Western Conference right now with a winning road record this season? There's only one. Wow. You know That's who it is? That's pretty incredible. And it, it's Sacramento. Sacramento isn't it? at 13 and 11. Yeah. You got Which is Denver. Bizarre. Yeah. Denver and the Clippers are uh, even. They're at even 500. But Sacramento's the only team in the whole conference with a winning road record right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing, and and they continue even with their loss last night in Indiana to be a team that's a few games ahead of the fray and three and a half games ahead of the Warriors in in third. I think there's teams that are coming. I think the Clippers and the Mavs and the Suns believe that that they can potentially get to three. I think four is obviously on the table with it only being a game and a half difference. But yeah, I mean that's you know when when you look up and you're like, well, why are the Kings in third? They, they've been really good in close games. And and they've been you know, better on the road. I think they also have fewer bad losses than than other teams do. As far as you know, I think they've got a home loss. They got a couple of home losses to Charlotte and Washington right around the holiday. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if you look at that, like they have no losses to Houston or San Antonio or Oklahoma City or Detroit or Charlotte or Orlando. Like they have no losses to any of those teams. This season, and so, well, how are they eight games over five hundred? Well, I just ran through, and I don't have the exact number, but they are eleven, twelve, thirteen, and zero against those six or seven teams that that I just mentioned, which is why they are seven, eight over at this point. Yeah, they no I, slip ups. I think they've also taken teams by surprise a little bit. I thought I think they've caught some teams by surprise, which I think the Warriors did last season a little bit early in the year. But as far as Sacramento goes, and I mentioned this only because you know it does impact the Warriors potentially. Uh, they've they've only played here twenty four road games, so they got their schedule gets uh, a little stiffer the second half of the season. The Kings are having a fine season, but they've got some real challenges ahead. 
Yeah, and they and they they'll even it up. I think they've got three more games on their road trip, and they they play a couple in Houston, and they play the Pelicans, who've lost ten in a row, and and went from first mm-hmm. in the West to now eleventh. And so you know, but we'll see. I mean, the the tail of the tape would tell you the Kings probably win two out of those three, and they're you know right back to to thirty one and twenty three heading home with the even home to to road split as far as that goes. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll get to duck sauce. We'll get to Sean. We'll get to Zach uh, coming up here. One hour in the books. We got to hour number two coming up. A lot to get into. It's Warriors this week with JD and Whitey on ninety five seven. The game. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.